the failings because I had such a fear of failure and I still do that, you know, it can stop you doing stuff. Hi, and welcome to the Chamber of Commerce podcast series. Uh, I'm Chris Black, board member of the Chamber of Commerce and also a part of the Future Leaders Group as well. I'm very privileged today to be sitting down with a fantastic young Toowoomba business leader in Lauren Hope. Lauren, as most of you would be aware, is the Director and Chief Marketer at RSM, Round Square Marketing, here in Toowoomba. She's a mum of two, a very proud business owner, as we said. Her intro is her first job is sweeping storage sheds, uh, then moved into law, construction, uh, was the marketing manager at FKG as well. She opened Round Square Marketing at 29 with uh, an attitude of, well, what's the worst that can happen? And I reckon that's brilliant. She's also just recently launched the RSM Academy and the digital training brand in 2019. And the business has just celebrated its sixth birthday and uh, employs six great local people. So welcome, Loz. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Uh, Loz, what I'd love to do today, uh, this podcast series is about highlighting and and showcasing some local members, but also really importantly for our younger generation, uh, just trying to give them some tips, tricks, leadership, um, helping them learn from your mistakes uh, and just basically just having a a good old-fashioned chin wag so that people can take something out of it. So Sounds great to me. Cool. So let's start at the other end of where we would normally start. Let's talk about your failures. Mm-hmm. Because I think for, for me, that's something that we can all learn from and then we'll bring it home with some successes in what you're doing. So Loz, what has been your biggest failure and, and how did that shape you and what did you learn from it? Well, we've only got 25 minutes of podcast time, so <laughs> I probably can't go into all of them. But I guess I really wanted to talk about failures because they're what shape us in business. And often I get People come up to me at different events and say, you guys are killing it. You're doing so great. And they're obviously seeing our social media channels. And don't get me wrong, we are doing great, but we only show you what we want you to see as well. And while we try and be as authentic as possible, you know, you don't see those nights where I've had a terrible day and I'm crying in the corner or you know, we've we've lost a really great client or we've run client campaigns that have failed and not failed through lack of trying, but but they haven't come to fruition with what we would have expected. So I think it's important for anyone, you know, in business, whether you want to own a business or you're working in a business to accept that failings do happen. Um, and it's probably about getting into a mindset where you can move forward, learn from the failings and adapt. Um, I think you touched on a couple of really key points and, and especially with social media. Uh, and obviously it's a big part of your business, but it's very, can be one-sided. How do you overcome that and, and also how do you show that authenticity that people want but um, you know, do it in a way that people still want to do business with you too? Yeah, exactly. My whole business has really moved into that digital social media footprint and it is extremely powerful and you know, I'm sure you follow our channels, Chris. I know you would. We try and put behind-the-scenes stories, setting up different events, setting up different client campaigns to show what goes in behind the scenes. People just see the event at the end and say, wow, what a great job she's got. You know, she's working at this really cool event. They don't see the hours and hours that are going into the prep side. I think personally, um, I find social media difficult as well, just with what we're teaching our children. Like we're not teaching them a reality. 
you know, and I've got a seven-year-old who comes home and says, Mum, can I go on Snapchat? Well, no, you're not going on Snapchat at seven. Or what about Instagram? You know, what are we, what are we, shaping for our kids. So I think it's important that, you know, we do try and be as real as possible on those social media channels. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think sometimes if we don't have a go, we'll never succeed, but we'll never fail. We're just stuck in this nowhere land. And I think learning to fail is a really important part of business. Yeah. And like, as you said in my intro, I literally started round square with an attitude of what's the worst that could happen. I didn't want to go through life and not had a crack at something. So there was no business plan. I remember sitting down with Michael Hubbard from MJH Finance, a good friend of mine, and he said, so have you got your business plan mapped out, your financial projections? And I said, yes, I do. We're all good. I had nothing mapped out, nothing on paper. I just thought, well, you know, I've got a great personality and I've, I can work really hard and prove myself and let's give it a go. And I could have failed. You know, I really, I, I could have failed. And I remember in that first six months, it was really tough. It was tough to bring on new clients and, and get credibility in the market. And there was one day in particular, I was in the office by myself. I literally locked the door, sat in the kitchenette. That was about one square by one square at that point <laughs> in time um, and sat on the floor and cried and thought, this is all too hard. I want to give up. And I had a knock at the door and I thought, oh God, there's a client here, potential client. I only had one client at that time, but it was my sister. And I told her how I was feeling. And she said, but you can't give up. You're the one inspiring the rest of us. And that has stayed with me being in business. It is tough, but someone out there is watching and looking for inspiration. It's amazing how tough, hard moments, you know, grind you, I suppose, into person that you've become. So let's, let's flip it around. What's, what's, what then drives you? Obviously, uh, inspiring others, um, clearly, but, but what drives Lauren Hope? I think it is inspiring others, but it's also, I love seeing campaigns come together. So I'm not as on the tools working on, you know, writing social media or whatnot. I'm more sitting strategically, but seeing a campaign come together and a client have success from it, and I've been a part of that, it makes me feel really good. Yeah, awesome. If you had a billboard, Loz, if you had a a Lauren Hope billboard. You could only put your own sort of brand thing up, not an RSM related, you know, branding to get the business up and running. What would it be? What what sort of motto do you live by? What could would you tell everybody? So you've really gone off script here. I guess surround yourself with good people. Cool. Honestly, if you've if you're working for the right clients, you've got the right team, you've got great friends, great family, people who push you, you're gonna be fine. Absolutely. No, I absolutely love that. And we'll come back to, to where that came from in a minute. When we're talking some successes, Loz, what, what are some of the highlights for you with what you've done and what you've been able to achieve? Because I take my hat off to you with how you operate and how you work. Tell us about some of those really high points for you. Yeah, okay. I think from a, from a work perspective, we've had some really great achievements for many clients. It's a bloke thing. The charity is probably one of a highlight for me. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it's not often you get to you know work with Keith Urban and and Ronan Keating and and those kind of guys. I had a fangirl moment. Ronan Keating was looking at me while he was singing last year, and I swear <laughs> to God, like it was what was he? You wanted to get up. And I was didn't excited. You sway. Absolutely. But yeah, so it's a bloke thing's a great one. Dinner on Blanc we brought here a couple of years back. So it, the international white party. Yeah. It's probably one of the failings. Financially, there was there was really? no success out of that. 
Um, but you know, it was so rewarding, like being there on the night and seeing how everyone enjoyed it was fantastic. Opening the office, like we've, we've done so many great, we've had so many great achievements. I think I'm not delusional though. Like it's a bloke thing. I've been working for them for the past nine years, poor guys. And I'm not delusional about why they chose me. I was a doer at FKG. Gary Gardner was the chairman at the time and he needed someone to help him with the foundation. So that's literally how I got the gig. It wasn't that, you know, they come and said, can you quote it or anything like that? I was the fortunate one to be sitting around the table and I'm still so fortunate. And they're they're big business people. They're big businessmen. They're very opinionated. They're type A personalities. And I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could off them and how they do business because they were so inspiring for me. And I guess over the years, though, I, may, I worked really hard and I earned my place at that table. So, yeah. you know, it's funny how it changes over time, going from being intimidated and sitting there and, and being so overwhelmed um, when we first started working together to, you know, working really hard, making sure I knew it inside out. I guess it built credibility with that group and we're still going strong today. What do you learn from people like that when you're sitting around at the table and you're just a sponge, I would imagine, especially in the early days, uh, listening to how things get done at that level? Uh, what do you learn? What have, what have you taken away from that? I think that's a really tough question because I've learned so much. I think there's business learnings and there's personal learnings, so seeing them interact on both levels. I think from a business perspective, they take risks. You know, They're the business people that will take a risk. And some work and some don't. Like I remember sitting around the boardroom table and things for them have failed. Talking to Gary one-on-one, he's taken business risks in the past that may not have played out, but he's taken other risks that have been fantastic. So I think that's probably it. Like, And it's not, I guess you look at these big businesses and you say, wow, they're amazing, but so much work goes into the back, back end of them as well. So there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into running businesses of those size, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. What, what are the what are the really you know, tangible parts, I suppose, from 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 that? Like from a personal perspective, you've spoken about a business side of things. What about personally? Have you learned from being around those sort of people that take on risks? How does it make you feel? And how how do you then take that away to your own life? And we'll come to your story in a sec. Yeah, I think. Um, look. I'm not taking huge risks like they might be, but opening and off, quitting my job, literally going in on a Monday when I was at FKG, I had a great job and, you know, I just sat at my computer and went, well, this isn't for me anymore. I quit. You know, that was quite reactive, but I, I was ready for that risk. Yep. And I think knowing that these other big businesses have these human moments where they take a risk and it might not work and they're okay, I think that took some fear. It, away from things that I've done. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go out and remortgage your house and open a huge office. Like every risk I've taken has been calculated, but I think without it, you can't grow. Yep. You know, the you won't grow as a person and the business won't grow unless you're taking those risks and you will be okay. At the end of the day, you've got your health and you've got your family and whatever happens, you will be okay. What's the worst that can happen, hey? Exactly. How do you get that mindset though? A lot of people just don't have it. A lot of people are happy to turn up to work each week and each fortnight and get paid and, and they're happy from that. What do you sort of say to, to those people that may not have the confidence to potentially pull the trigger, even if they've got a great idea? I don't think business is for everyone. Yeah. So I think that's the first element. There are a lot of people I know that I've struggled with over time, even people I've employed 
that were just happy to come in and do 8.30 to 5 and go home. They just didn't have that extra drive to, I guess, want to do more. And and I learned that that's okay. Not everyone needs to have the same drive as what I do. I think though, if you do have a good idea and you think you could make something of it, start talking to people. So networks are amazing and you know, networking events are great, but I would also, you should have a personal network where you could bounce off people and talk to them and get advice about how to start. That's a great point. Uh, and I wanted to bring up, you know, whether you've got a mentor or not and that relationship, I suppose, but also that network as well. Tell us a little bit about it. If you want to use names, you can, but if not, that's fine as well. Tell us how you learn from them and how you um, you get value out of it, but also how you give back to yeah, I do. I do have a few people that I go to it for advice. So Gary, FKG, has always been a great person to talk to, you know, when I've had a problem or, or whatever. He, he kind of brings in that big business mind, though, of let's just get it done or fix it. And I've got um, a few other personal contacts that I can ring up. Generally, I ring them and this is how it goes. Lauren vents and like goes for about 20 minutes while they just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And by the time I've finished that venting in that 20 minutes, I've sort of come to my own outcome. And then they say, yep, that's right. That's what we were going to say. We just let you get there by yourself. So it's it's quite funny how we've worked out that routine. But I think it's important sometimes when you're, you're in the trenches, you're doing, you're working on something day in, day out, you can, you can lose sight of the bigger picture and you know, it's good to have a, a third party give some advice about how to how to best handle a situation, I guess. Yep. Yeah. So someone from the outside looking in. Yeah, great. And then personally, how do you then balance the business as well as being a, a, a mum, you know, all the other personal things that um, that we all have in our, our daily lives as a business owner as well? You can't just turn the business off. Mm. You really can only turn off when you, you know, you're out of contact, yep. um, which I struggle with. Um, yep. How do you deal with that? I really struggle with it. I have no balance, to be honest with you. I, yep. When I was growing up, I was the, the girl who always thought you can have everything. You can have family, you can have business, you can have holidays, leisure, whatever you want, you can have it all. I still believe you can have it all, but I don't think you can have it all at the same time. So what I find is when we're firing at work, the, the wheels are falling off at home, you know, yeah, wow. trying to fit it all in. And, and it's just, it's really hard. And I was talking to a friend about it not long ago. Who, who's Lauren Hope without RSM? Like, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of an identity thing that I've mm. got to work out as well. And unfortunately, like I've had to, I've sacrificed relationships with people, which I've had to, re, which I've had to mend because work has come first or, you know, the kids have missed me going to something and you feel that guilt, you know, you do. But how do you delineate the two? I'm not sure you can. I'm still learning that. Yeah, and no, it might be a lifelong learning as well. And I think we sometimes the volume of things, not necessarily the items that get you, it's the volume of stuff as a business owner that actually run you down. Yeah. Uh, it's not the seriousness maybe. Um but it's the, uh, it's the volume as a big motorbike goes past our, our door. 
Say yes to local support small business. Chambers Top Tips. Buy from your local shops, cafes and restaurants to keep locals in jobs. Ask your local store if they can deliver to your door. Pay with plastic when possible, not cash. Stock up on gift certificates for later. Post about your visit on social media and share their posts. Check in with small business owners and employees. Look for local retailers with an online platform or help a local shop develop one. And most importantly, be kind, support each other and look out for one another. Let's keep it local to Woomba. I think look at COVID. We this 2020 is has really sucked for a lot of people personally and and professionally and we've never worked so hard. Yeah. You know, trying to adapt and be agile for us and for our clients, but I can tell you now we would put um plans into place and within 48 hours into COVID uh, the plan went out the window because the environment had changed again with lockdowns and distancing and mm. and whatever else. And you're working to keep the doors open and at the same time you're facing homeschooling and, you know, that was a joy in itself. <laughs> you um, found respect for teachers though. Oh, amazing. I was like, you're never staying home again, yeah. <laughs> You know, I guess you're working harder than ever for not much, no financial reward, you know. Right. You're just working hard to, to keep staff employed and to keep the team going and it's been really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I suppose that brings me back to – couple of points eight weeks ago. Tell us what happened and how that shaped your perspective on things, mm-hmm. especially with balance and those challenges that yeah, you've got. Yeah, definitely. So eight weeks ago I, I uh, got very ill suddenly. It was literally a Saturday afternoon and I was rushed to hospital. I won't go into the details of what happened because it's not very nice. But, you know, I rang my mum from my bathroom floor and said I need help and she got me straight to hospital. I was in surgery that night. I woke up in ICU. I had five days in ICU, wasn't getting any better. And it was a life and death experience. If you wow. know, if you look, it's, it's even hard to put into words. I was literally in ICU saying to my family, we better re- rewrite my will because I think I'm going to die. I'm sure the nurses didn't think that, but no. you know, I was so scared. And that five days is the first time I haven't checked work emails in six years, probably longer because I was checking them when I was working for someone. But um, did it give me some perspective? It did. So I went back to work. I had to have three weeks off work. I was meant to go back to work half days. You know, my first, my first half day I was there 12 hours and fell in a heap and an emotional heap very depressed, very sad about why wouldn't my body do what I wanted it to do. So I thought, well, I better start listening because, you know, I can't keep going like this. So now I'm back to working full-time my normal days, but I'm making sure I'm, you know, getting exercise in in the mornings and trying to treat myself a little bit better, turning off at night, not doing emails, not logging on. But um, that comes with its own set of, of guilt, you know, like you have this mum guilt that you're not performing for your kids or you're not there enough, but I have work guilt. I'm meant to be the leader and leading this team and I'm going home at four o'clock while they're still there until, you know, sometimes six o'clock. So then I have this whole guilt around, you know, as the business owner and the leader, shouldn't I be there with them in the trenches getting stuff done? But I just physically can't at the moment. So how's that changed your priorities? Obviously from a time at work perspective, but I imagine that's fairly confronting lying Mm. in bed thinking, Geez, I might not come out of this. Mm. Yeah, it was. I guess what do you think about what? What's the point of making money if you're dead? Realistically, 
I'm not in business for the monetary side either. I love what I do. Obviously, I want to earn money while I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, we put we put a lot of emphasis on, I guess, not delivering, but I guess that financial side and and work and you need work and always striving to do better and to what's the next big idea we're going to launch or what's the next big brand we're going to start or whatever it might be. Whereas when you're sick and you're in hospital, honestly, it's the last thing you can think of. And I was in in the middle of COVID, so the kids couldn't even come visit. Oh, wow. So that was terrible. Yep. You know, that was that was really hard that I could only Zoom them or FaceTime them at night. And it just made you think at the end of the day, you know, and honestly, let's be frank, at the end of the day, there wasn't too many clients ringing me saying, how are you going? There was mm. a handful, but not yep. all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my family and my friends were there every day sending gifts and checking in and FaceTiming. And I think, you know, you like I said earlier, you're always going to be okay. So let's not take our friends and our, our personal lives for granted. We touched on, you know, a, a little bit of your background. How do you learn? You're in a very technical field with marketing and campaigns and Google and Facebook and ads and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of the day, people want results. How do you learn? Look, we obviously invest in different professional development courses around the tech side. So Google and social media and whatnot, they're changing all of the time. So that's just a given though. In business, if you want to stay ahead of it, you're going to have to invest some money into those things. I think from a business perspective though, and my inspiration, I get that from more from podcasts. Yeah. So and looking at other people's experiences. Also, you talked about the mentors before, sitting down and talking to them. And it's having lunch, you know, it's not like, let's sit down and have a real in-depth business chat. It's like, let's have lunch, what's going on with you? Because you learn from those people and their experiences. So I've been listening to Janine Ellis. She was the founder of Boost Juice. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So her podcast, I really resonate with because she talks a lot about having a business while raising kids and failing as a mother and failing as a wife and how it all works. So I sort of resonate with that a lot from a business perspective. And the other one I like at the moment is Mark Burris. So he interviews different business people. So you get a really good scope of people and, and industries, I guess. Yeah, great. No, I love those two. I love those two. You touched on a bit of mum guilt there. You're a young professional woman um, who's the director of a business, doing very well. What's it like to be in business as a mother or as, as probably more so as a, as a woman? What's it like in 2020? Well, as a mother, it's really bloody hard. Yep. And opened the business thinking that I would work less hours to spend more time with the kids. That I thought I was going to be a golf pro when I yeah. started my business, just play golf like three days a week and maybe do a bit on the side, but it doesn't happen, does it? And people just pay you yeah. to be able to go for the golfing and yeah. No, so I guess um, what I've learned is I have got flexibility though. So I can go to all of the kids' sports days or whatever else, but then I'm sitting up doing my deadlines at 10 o'clock at night. So I think, first of all, being a mum and working and my partner is away all the time, so I'm basically doing it alone, is really hard. And you do face times of guilt where, where should I be? Should I be at the office? Should I be at home with the kids? And then I guess you throw in just being a woman in general, the female aspect, like we're in 2020 and we're still having conversations about gender equality. I've never been one who focuses on it. Like I've sort of just got in, done my job, stayed in my lane and proven myself. But I've, I've heard horror stories of some 
women who are doing it quite tough because they're female, which is disappointing. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, or if there'll be an end answer. I think it starts from culture as we raise our kids and and adopting that change. But like we've even just as recent as a few months ago, we've had we were working for a. a construction client or heavy industry client who had massive changes in their business and their senior lead, like majority of their senior team had left. We contract into them. They had new managers come in. As you can imagine, the culture's all over the place. And and we've worked with them for five years. And I think one of the comments was, did we just keep you around for something to look at? Yeah, wow. Now, this is, this is literally- That's isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We do face that. And you laugh it off and you don't be ridiculous, look at what we've achieved for you or whatever. But that's 2020 and that happened a few months ago. Yeah, that's disappointing. That's really disappointing. You know, I think it's, I think it's challenging as well from a leadership perspective, unfortunately. with If you're a strong male leader, you're confident, maybe arrogant. But unfortunately, sometimes you can see a strong female leader being a bitch. That's what it's termed as, which I completely disagree with. Mm. Uh, so I think, unfortunately, as a as a country, as a global citizen, we need to get better at that. I totally agree. Like being a strong, independent voice as a female, you do get that, oh, she's a bitch or she's hard to work with or she's always got something to say. And I, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know what the change is, but there's a lot of changes that need to happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think as a community, uh, I think Toowoomba hopefully is a lot better than, than average, which doesn't make us great. But I think as a community, we obviously have some, some, great, some great leaders that absolutely are, are very, very strict on how they deal with people being, you know, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white. Um, you know, it, it's basically just we've got to treat people as equals. We've got to be kind. Yeah, we do. We've got some, we've got some great female leaders. Straight away, I can, I can sort of rattle them off. And I look to them and think, well, they have their opinions, but they work hard. They've proven what they can do. They've got the results on the board, and and I think that's great. What would what advice would you give to a, a young woman coming up in the business ranks? Get ready to work your butt off. Really, like it's not it's it's hard work. If you're committed and you've got the courage, whether it's you're a receptionist to a business owner, we've all got to have courage to give things a go or fail. Or but work hard. Yeah. Prove your worth. Prove your value. Yeah. Results, like you said, results speak for themselves. All right. Um, mindful of probably time, there's um, what, what I'd like to do to, to wrap things up, Loz, uh, is just probably broaden that last question about tips and tricks for, some, for, for people either starting out in business or wanting to take their business to the next level, um, leadership, anything in general that you think is a great lesson from you that you can impart. Yep. I think never – Never be arrogant around learning because we only know what we know. So always be open to new learnings because knowledge is power. Yep. Surround yourself with the, with the good people. Like I, I strongly believe that. Have courage, so courage to take those risks. And a big one that I don't think many people throw in the leadership toolkit is have empathy. And yeah. this is one that I had to learn. Have empathy to understand the reasons behind, you know, something not working at work, whether it's team or clients, have empathy to ask the question of, of what's going on at home or what's going on that this is happening. So I think that's a really hard one as well. Like when you're in the trenches and you're in the grind, you can sometimes be like, oh God, it's so annoying. Can't they just 
sign off or say yes or but I think we need to look at the other side and have empathy for various situations. So what's next for Lauren Hope? Post-COVID, post all this, uh, these challenging times that we're all in right now and very turbulent times, what's next for Loz? Um, well, we're going to continue rolling out RSM Academy with our online courses. So we're Tell going to that, yeah. release a, a course a month. So we've been doing social media training um, workshop style, obviously, before COVID, but we've had to obviously adapt them into an online environment just due to different social distancing or whatever. So we're going to continue rolling those out and going to just go with the flow and, and adapt as things change. Come September, when JobKeeper reduces, it, it's going to be another interesting time in business with, with what happens. So I guess I'm not doing any five-year plans. Um, it's no, sort that'd of, be too yeah. formal and stuff. Let's get to the end of August. Yeah, that might be yeah. the first one. <laughs> any other words of wisdom that you'd like to impart on, on our listeners? I just think, whether you're male or female, receptionist, director, manager, it's about having a go. Yeah. And I think the big, like I take away the big thing is the failings because I had such a fear of failure and I still do that, you know, it can stop you doing stuff. I think from my side and, and watching your journey, you've got credibility, you've got respect. You're well and truly in the business community as a pillar of sort of what we do. So I take my hat off to you from that. We need to help you to work better on your balance uh, with, with what you're doing in a few more holidays. Final thing, how do we get in touch with you? If, uh, if anyone wants to reach out, it's the best way to contact you. Oh, well, you can find or us on pipes. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, <laughs> website. But if you go to rsmarketing.com.au, you'll see our website. Thank you very much for listening. Again, Chris Black from the Chamber of Commerce. Lauren Hope from RSM, thank you so much for your time, Loz, today. And uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks very much.